So on today's episode of Yours Mentally, we talk about people pleasing. This was a really, really nice episode in terms of what I learned from it because there were so many things that I didn't know that I got to know from this episode. I would recommend you listen to this episode at full length because there was a lot to take back from it. This episode is in conversation with Ami Patel, who is a counseling psychologist. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So on today's episode where we talk about people pleasing. Ami, how do you draw a line between being kind and being a people pleaser and is people pleasing a mental illness? Okay, so those are two different things. Let's start with is people pleasing a mental illness. Now, it's not considered a mental illness actually, but the set of behaviors that stem uh, that lead to people pleasing can stem from pre- uh, painful experiences that might also cause some mental health issues. We'll go into more of that later, but it's definitely not a mental illness. When we talk about kindness versus people pleasing, it's important to understand here sort of motivation versus intent. So being kind is the way that someone expresses themselves. People often do nice things for a lot of reasons, right? To feel good, to help, to return a favor, to earn a favor, etc. But people pleasing is more of what we would call a dependent behavior pattern, and it often comes with the expectation of getting something back in return. Mm-hmm. And the thing that maybe somebody is expecting back in return may not even be sort of like a a conscious thing like i want them to do this for me but it's more about wanting to be perceived differently wanting to be liked wanting to be accepted wanting to feel validated so if you're doing something because you're afraid you'll be disliked or rejected if you say no there's probably a strong chance that you're engaging in people pleasing behavior. Right. Okay, so what negative effects can people pleasing have on a person? I think there's a number of them and obviously they vary from person to person, but I will tell you the top sort of few that uh, I've observed, right? One is there's a constant putting aside of your own needs in order to meet the needs of other. Those can be concrete needs, those can be emotional needs, physical needs, etc. Another is feelings of resentment that start to form and remain from doing and doing, but not getting what you want or expect in return. There's, and so that resentment often gets internalized of like, oh, so even this is not enough for me to be liked, or even this is not enough for me to be accepted, right? There's also fear of rejection. There's also feeling exploited or taken advantage of, because again, it's relationships in which there's people pleasing whether they're friendships intimate relationships family dynamics etc are often one sided in nature again we'll talk more about that later but mm-hmm. so ends up person ends up feeling very resentful mm-hmm. and also i would say the most important but i think one of the most common things is that efforts to constantly please others obviously can lead to stress and anxiety which then bleeds into other aspects of one's life but then i mean the flip side of that is mm-hmm. that i hear a lot of people say that you know only when they are people pleasing it kind of reduces their stress and anxiety because when they try to put themselves first they don't really feel good about it because like you know they they're very bothered by what people think about them so yeah well you... i think that it's because it's a learned behavior right they've been conditioned mm-hmm. to put either through their own experiences or the role modeling that's happened or the messages that they've been sent they've been conditioned to always think about other people versus their own needs so it's uncomfortable but it's not impossible like any behavior it can be modified like any thought pattern it can be modified and reevaluated so but the thing is it's really hard to do because when you've been set in a certain thought pattern 
for a certain amount of time, it becomes really difficult to sort of go back, reevaluate, reassess and change. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely possible. And it's very, very healthy and necessary to do. Right. And also, do you think in the South Asian context, patriarchy has something to do with people pleasing? Like, do you think it's oh, because... immensely? Yes, of course. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, mm -hmm. In in the previous episodes uh, that we've discussed uh, patriarchy, and we've talked about how girls, especially women, as girls at a young age, are conditioned to always be in service to others, either by taking care of their concrete needs, their physical needs, their emotional needs, mm -hmm. keeping people happy, keeping mm -hmm. the family happy, making sure everybody's okay, not upsetting anyone by speaking a different way or a particular way or acting in a particular way that's not liked or desired. Um, it's a constant sort of message of muting and diminishing oneself mm -hmm. for the benefit of someone else's needs being met, right? So of course, that has a huge role to play in people-pleasing behaviors that develop over time in a person's life mm -hmm. and how that sort of carries through even into teenage years, young adulthood and adulthood. I think especially for women, so I, I think actually it affects both. And I'll tell you how. So for women, it's that you have to take care of everybody else. You have to be mindful of everybody else's needs. Make sure people are happy. Help out. Take care of this. Take care of that. Don't focus on yourself. Don't think about yourself because that's selfish, right? Mm -hmm. And then actually, <clears throat> because patriarchy obviously affects men too in a very toxic, right? We talked about toxic masculinity. So mm -hmm. the idea is that for not necessarily boys, but men of like, you have to, especially in context of their relationship with their families, right? That mm -hmm. you have to be the good son. You have yeah. to take care of your parents. You have to fulfill their wishes. You have to do what other people want you to do. So the idea is sort of um, subversive, right? Like uh, putting your things aside, your needs aside. And I'm sure you've seen this happen a lot, right? Where adult yeah. men um, have difficulty standing up to their parents or say, saying something to people because they've been socialized to believe that parents are always right. You have to respect the parents. You have to be the good son. You have to do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. Right. So it sort of uh, plays a role in both. Right. Okay. So what are the typical traits of a people pleaser and what are some common causes of people pleasing? All right. So the traits, I'm just going to sort of bullet point it because I think it's easier to hear it that way. You feel responsible for other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. You may have low self-esteem. You have difficulty saying no. You have mm -hmm. difficulty setting boundaries. You try to avoid conflict. You apologize a lot. You crave praise or recognition or appreciation from others. You check with others about your decisions, work decisions, personal decisions, because you don't trust your judgment or you're afraid of doing the wrong thing, quote unquote, wrong thing. Mm -hmm. You apologize when you aren't to blame or you agree even when you don't agree with something. You're uncomfortable or fearful when someone is angry with you. You deny feeling hurt, upset. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but it is... I mean, there's, I think, 11 items that I've named off. And I would say mm -hmm. these are the most commonly seen uh, traits in those who engage in people-pleasing behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. And then if we talk about common causes of people-pleasing, I think there's a few main ones. One is poor self-esteem. So a lot of times people will engage in people-pleasing behavior because they don't value their own desires or their own needs or their own emotions, um, and because of a lack of self-confidence, people pleasers have a need for external validation. Again, this is tied into sort of 
the way we are raised in a social infrastructure, which we can get into. Um, mm -hmm. And they may feel that doing things for others will lead to approval and acceptance. So ultimately, that's what the drive is, is a lead for acceptance, uh, the, the drive for acceptance, approval, being liked, being wanted, desired. When we talk about external validation, it's important to talk about how society affects this idea where there's so much important place on what other people think, what other people expect, other people's judgments. And so, of course, it may drive people to want to live up to those expectations, even if they may not be something that they truly feel or want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Another is insecurity. People may try to please others because they worry that other people won't like them if they don't go above and beyond to make them happy. Now, here's the thing, right? It's fine in a friendship, in an intimate relationship, in family relationships to do things for the people that you care about or to do things because it's the nice thing to do. But there's a difference between doing something nice and going above and beyond or bending yourself over backwards to do for others, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. there's a difference in intensity or frequency that then plays a role in this. Also, perfectionism sometimes is one of the sort of things that we see in people-pleasing um, tendencies. You know, sometimes people want everything to be just so, just so particular, just so perfect, including how other people think and feel. And I think that, that what it does is it gives a false sense of control and mm -hmm. comfort. And then the other thing, the main thing that I think we, we will probably talk, spend some time talking about is that mm -hmm. people pleasing is often caused by painful past experiences. So it can be what we might call a trauma response. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, painful, difficult and traumatic experiences can definitely play a role in people pleasing. And those who've experienced abuse for some, uh, for example, may try to please others or to mm -hmm. be as agreeable as possible in order to avoid further abuse. Mm -hmm. or further abusive behavior in other people, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, if I do everything right, then this person won't hurt me. Mm -hmm. so we see this often in uh, relationships, uh, parenting, uh, parent-child relationships where there's abuse. The child is constantly trying to do the right thing because they think maybe if I do that, then my parent won't criticize me or hurt me, right? And here's the other thing, that those who grow up with conditional or conflicted parental relationships may learn that they have to do what other people want or like in order to be accepted or to keep them happy. So one example is the, the uh, being abused, right? If you're mm -hmm. abused and then you're blamed for it, because a lot of times when parents are abusive to their children, they'll say, look what you made me do, or you made me so mad, or why can't you just listen, right? Mm -hmm. So the message that the child receives is that their abusive behavior is my fault, right? That I'm to blame. So they develop feelings of guilt and shame and responsibility. So then what they do is they start to try to predict, okay, if I do this, maybe then the parent won't get mad. If I do that, then maybe the parent won't get mad. Or if I do this, then they'll like me or they'll love me. They'll show love or they'll show uh, affection or support. What a child needs at the core, right? Is a sense of love, affection, a feeling that they matter Mm -hmm. and a sense of safety and security, right? Support mm -hmm. unconditionally. And when a child doesn't have that, when the child feels like they have to work for it or they have to earn it through good behavior, right? Because we hear this all the time, be a good girl, be a good boy. It creates this constant sort of unending cycle of reward and punishment and reward and punishment, emotional reward, mm -hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. Or there are some parents that will only praise or give affection when a child does well academically or athletically, but otherwise they're criticized. And so that also sets up a pattern for predicting if I do this well, if I do more of this, or if I do more of that, then they might show me what I need, right? A lot of times uh, this perfectionism that I talked about earlier also Mm -hmm. translates here. We see a lot of children who will you know, have to be perfect. They'll have to get everything right. They'll have to do everything perfectly because they think maybe then they will be enough for their parents. Obviously they can't articulate that on a conscious level, but we know that developmentally that's what's sort of driving this behavior pattern, right? And I think that um, you talked about society. So, you know, we do live in a society, of course, where what's one of the most common phrases we hear, right? Lo kya kahenge. Lo kya sochenge. So, when we live in a society where there's so much importance placed on what other people think or how other people perceive us, it may also drive the parent to compare their child to someone else's, which then leads to feelings of inadequacy or not feeling good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, strong enough, capable enough. And these things, when done at a young age, really lay the foundation for how that child is going to see themselves and their value Mm -hmm. going forward, right? What a child hears becomes their inner voice. Mm -hmm. So if a child, if a person is criticized over and over again, they're going to start criticizing themselves really harshly, okay? Mm -hmm. And so the, the feeling is that the answer to that is to please everybody else. Because if mm-hmm. I please everybody else, maybe then they'll finally be nice. Maybe then they'll finally be friends with me. Maybe then finally they'll accept me. They'll mm-hmm. like me. They'll want me. Okay. So, Ami, can you tell me how does one recognize that they're becoming a people pleaser? Okay. So, I think one of the things that we have to talk about is that I hear, you know, a lot of people say, you know what? People always come to me because they think I'm such a good friend. You know, they mm-hmm. always come to me when they need something. They always come to me when they're going through something, they know I'll always be there for them, Mm -hmm. right? I think that's probably a bit of a warning sign because what that means is that you're allowing yourself to be accessible constantly, Yeah. right? Which Mm -hmm. is a drain emotionally and mentally. You cannot always be a container for everybody else's problems. That doesn't make you a good friend. That makes you someone who's vulnerable to be taken advantage of. Yeah. Okay, so some of the things that you can look for in addition to that is that you're feeling frustrated and resentful of people that you feel like you should be feeling really happy with or that you care about. You're not being honest. Maybe you hide your thoughts and your feelings that might be different from the other person because you're afraid of how they might judge you for them. You might be scared to disagree with somebody, right? Because you want them to like you or you, you don't want them to think that there's something wrong with you. You realize that maybe people are taking advantage of you, feeling unhappy in your relationships, either friendships or intimate relationships, as it may be one-sided and not balanced. Because see, the thing is, oh, and also the other thing is that you're a giver, quote unquote, a giver, right? Always giving, giving time, giving energy, giving access, always making yourself available or accessible. That is not the sign of a good friend. I think that we have this idea, right? This like, oh my gosh, you know, I had the friend that I can call anytime. There's a difference between like friendship and the intimacy, emotional intimacy that you have with a person because you can be emotional and vulnerable Mm -hmm. versus accessibility 
which means you can just go and dump on somebody anytime you want. Anytime you don't know how to cope with your own feelings, you're not willing to go for therapy, you are not able to self-soothe emotionally, mm-hmm. you have to go and, and find somebody else to sort of emote all over. And then when that person isn't available, it's like, oh, you don't care about me? Because that's what happens, right? Oftentimes people pleasers are so uh, people pleasing, sorry, people pleasers are so scared to say no because they're like, but what if I lose my friends? What yeah. if they stop liking me? Well, the chances are then probably those are not the people you who are actually your friends. Yeah. Last thing is that yeah. you don't have boundaries. That's how you know you're a people pleaser or you're scared to set boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Boundaries are not about punishing other people. Boundaries are ways to protect yourself and the healthiest of relationships, whether they're friendships, intimate relationships, and even family dynamics, family relationships, do have boundaries because we cannot be everything to someone. So do you think that unavailable parenting in childhood kind of causes the child to be a people pleaser when they grow up because they would develop an insecure avoidant attachment style, right? To uh, yeah, and... okay. I, I'm, um, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. I had actually made a note of that and I completely forgot. So I don't want to get into attachment style because I think these are very technical terms and I see them used very, very freely without Mm -hmm. people completely understanding. So I don't think that I want to bring that into the conversation, but I do want to say yes. In cases where a parent may be absent physically or emotionally, Mm -hmm. a child may feel like they have to engage in people pleasing behaviors to somehow get them to be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if, if they're living in like a joint family, I've seen where children will start doing people pleasing to keep peace in the family or keep the family together or to help family. So yeah, definitely. I think that does play a role because oftentimes the circumstances are such that the child doesn't really understand. And so they think, right, children internalize things at this age. And so they think that if they do something or they do something well enough or quickly enough or acceptable enough, then somehow the dynamics will change. So yes, absolutely. Right. Also, you mentioned like a while back that, you know, People who wouldn't talk to you if you say no to them, they're not really your friends. But something that I've really noticed is, is that to really fit in, you may have to do the things that, you know, that you may not like. Like a very basic example I can give you is drinking, consuming alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Not A lot of people probably don't like it, but like to fit into these friend groups, they kind of give in and they, you know, they do consume alcohol against their will. And the problem right. is that... A, there's majority of people who are like, you know, who feel that they may want they to socially fit in. They may have to give in to these, you know, these, they may have to give in to do things that they don't want to do in order uh-huh. to make friends because otherwise they would just be alone, which is very common. I mean, if you see in colleges nowadays, if you don't do what everyone does, you're usually, you know, away from the crowd. Like I know it's a, it's always yeah. a good thing to not follow the crowd. But in some cases, it affects people mentally, like, you know, because they get lonely, because what is their day then? They don't really yeah. have friends to talk to, and yeah. they don't have much to do. All they can do is sit home, probably no. study. Yeah, so, yeah, no, no, yeah. that's a really good point. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like, peer pressure is peer pressure, right? I get that. It, it's not just high school. I think it happens in college. It even happens in adulthood, of course, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what's important to remember is that you have to have an understanding of what your values are. Mm-hmm. and what your worth is. And if people are going to ostracize you socially because you don't want to engage in quote-unquote cool behavior, which is like smoking weed or drinking or things like that, 
then you have to decide what is more important. I don't think it's an easy decision at all. I get that. Um, I think that because there's so much social currency out there, right? You you want to mm -hmm. fit in. You want to be on the stories. You want to be on the chats. You want to do this. You want to yeah. be, you want to belong, right? Mm -hmm. It's natural to want to belong. And mm -hmm. also, I think because of the age, the prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed. So it's hard to make good rational decisions or have good judgment but all i can say is that this is temporary i know yeah. at that age it feels like oh my god it's the end of the world these people don't like me because i refuse to give in but mm -hmm. this is temporary there's so much yeah. more life to live and you're gonna feel so much better about yourself if you stick with what you believe than give in because if, again if these are the people and they're only gonna like you if you do what they're doing and go with the wave then yeah you're also being dishonest with yourself, right? Yeah, saying yeah. yes to others means you're saying no to yourself in some way. And you must understand yeah. what that's costing you. Yeah. And you kind loneliness, of lose yourself for identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also being alone is it's okay. Right. I think that's the other yeah. thing is that people are made to feel scared of being alone. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's important to be comfortable in your solitude. It's important to be able to enjoy your own company. People yeah. don't want to be alone because it makes them, uh, sort of open with their thoughts and their feelings and they have to maybe sit with those uncomfortable things and that's yeah. scary for people and uncomfortable for people but I don't know I guess people have to decide what is enough for them and what is mm -hmm. necessary for them and knowing sorry one last thing is that your worth doesn't depend on whether someone thinks you're worth it your worth doesn't depend on how cool your friends are or how much money they have or whether they think you're cool or not all these things are fleeting and I think when you're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, it feels like it's the most important thing in the world yeah. because you don't have perspective, right? You don't have hindsight, but yeah. these things are fleeting and it's important to remember that this is a phase. And if you can get through this, you really give yourself a chance instead of sort of getting sucked into the people pleasing, you really give your chance to figure yourself a chance to figure out who you are and what works for you. Right. Okay. So, Ami, does people-pleasing eventually end up damaging your relationships? Yeah. I would say that it can certainly damage the relationships, but I would say probably that if there's people-pleasing, that maybe the relationship isn't as healthy to begin with. <laughs> because when, when, they're, when one partner engages in people-pleasing behavior or has people-pleasing tendencies, the relationship can often be one-sided. And mm. what it does is it fosters dependence Either like, I do this for you because I depend on your praise or I depend on your emotional validation or I depend on your signs of making me feel loved and worthy. And it also fosters dishonesty because one person is not able to express themselves fully or share their real needs or feelings for fear of being rejected or dismissed. And these things do build up over time, okay? Also, it can create unrealistic expectations of the other partner's behaviors and responses, right? Like I said earlier, one person cannot be everything for another person. And so uh, it creates this false belief that I can. No, but if I just do this, 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 and this, everything will be perfect. And then what happens is everything is not perfect because nothing is perfect. And then it leads to sort of internalizing like blame, like, oh, this is not enough. See, I'm not even doing this enough or I can't make this change or I can't create this um, impact so then let me try harder and let me do more and it's sort of this um it gets compounded after a while and eventually there is a a build-up which because resentment can only build for so long before it sort of spills over the edge right so yeah and i think that if your partner if you find that your partner is a people pleaser and it bothers you 
then I think one is just talking very honestly about their behavior and how it affects you and, and making it very clear that you expressing your feelings is not, I think it's important to make it clear when you're having a conversation that, okay, look, I want to talk to you about something and this is not meant to be an attack. It's not a rejection of who you are at all. I just want to tell you that when you do these things, it affects me in this way, or mm -hmm. I feel like this when you do X, Y, or Z. Now, I think that the other thing that you can do is, you know, you can encourage them to express their feelings and their thoughts and their needs, honestly, to say, look, I really want to know what you think, or I really want to know what you feel, because I feel like you're not always honest, or you're scared to be honest, you can encourage them to take their own space and make their own decisions, encouraging their sense of judgment, you can fight fairly, right? A lot of times, there's a fear of conflict for people pleasers. And so saying like, look, I'm really upset about this. How do we figure this out? Instead of, oh, you know, you're like this and you only care about everybody else and you're so focused on making everybody else happy. You don't care about me, that type of thing. Fighting in a way that makes it clear what you're feeling and what you need and what you feel like you're not getting versus what that other person is feeling and needs. Yeah. I think it's about communication, right? I think it's about honesty and being clear. Right. Okay. So lastly, Ami, could you tell me how do you break the pattern of people pleasing? Okay. So breaking free of people pleasing behavior patterns is not easy to do, but it is completely possible. First of all, I think mm -hmm. it's important to, for the person to get to a point where they can acknowledge like, oh yeah, I'm a people pleaser. I have a hard time with this. This is a problem and I want to change it. I want to understand how I can change it, right? The first mm -hmm. thing is to begin to set boundaries, okay? And I'm just going to tell our listeners that um, please refer to our previous episode. I think it was episode 55 of Yours Mentally, um, in which we talked about the importance of boundary setting, um, yep. how to start setting boundaries, what the impact of uh, setting boundaries is, because I think this is really the key to this, setting boundaries, accepting that you're allowed to set boundaries and understanding how to start setting boundaries is, is one of the keys to reversing the people pleasing pattern. The other thing is understand what your priorities are. You cannot want to break free of people pleasing. If you cannot acknowledge that you are a priority, not just everybody else, right? You have to be able to understand and accept your own worth instead of just focusing on the needs and feelings and thoughts and desires of everybody else. Another one is to know your own strengths, to acknowledge your own strengths and value what you have to offer. That includes all aspects of you. The other thing is when people request things of you, whether it's, oh my God, I want to meet, I, I need to meet you. I need to talk about, this. or, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you get this for me? Or, Hey, you know what? I need a ride somewhere. I can you just, you know, pick me up? Whatever it is, mm -hmm. right? Taking time to respond to requests. Ultimately, uh, 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 oftentimes people pleasers feel like they need to just respond immediately with yes, sure, okay, uh-huh, because they're worried about oh my god, but I don't want them to think that, you know, I don't care about them. I don't want to think that they're not important. But here's the thing. You must take time to respond to requests because your time energy and other resources are finite and you have a right <laughs> to set limits on those things understanding that you are allowed to draw a line accepting that your time and energy and needs and emotions are just as valuable as everyone else's and the last thing i'm going to say i mean there's much more but these are sort of the, the more common ones but the last thing i'm going to say and perhaps the most important 
um, and most difficult is let go of the desire to be liked by everyone. It's not realistic. You don't even like everybody. So why is it so important for everyone to like you? I feel we live too much for others than we do for ourselves. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we live in a society that almost uh, not just condones it, but expects it, right? And, so yeah. we have to sort of break free from this need of external validation. Yeah. Our worth does not lie in other people's perception of us. Our value mm-hmm. does not lie in just the way that we can be of service to others. Mm-hmm. We are enough as we are. And our worth is inherent to who we are, not in what we can do or don't do for others. Right, okay. Also, one more thing that I thought of now. I don't know another context to put it in. So I'm just going to give you this uh, mm-hmm. kind of a comparison. But like, you know, so when people are grieving, we say that you don't get over your grief, you grow around your grief, right? Mm-hmm. So with people pleasing, do you think people can completely like get over it and just stop doing it? Or do they, is it like a slow process? And then, I mean, there will be instances in your life where you are a people pleaser. Like let's say in, in job setting, right? To maybe kind of get, somewhere or get something out of someone you may have to like people pleasing so mm-hmm. do you think that there does come a point in your life where you're completely over people pleasing or mm-hmm. you just are growing around it i think that um it's a process okay there's no cure right but it's a process of unlearning and relearning healthier behavioral and thought patterns. So it's about breaking free of all those things that sort of created this version of you that felt like they need to go above and beyond all the time for everyone Mm -hmm. and relearning that you're allowed to say no, you're allowed to set boundaries, you're allowed to take time to respond, you're allowed to prioritize yourself. Yes, there are situations perhaps that you may need to do things for the greater good, right? But I think it's about making sure it doesn't turn into a repetitive pattern that ends up creating havoc or Mm -hmm. somehow damaging you. So it's again about just being aware, like, okay, I know I'm doing this. I'm doing this for this reason in this context. Okay, fine, Mm -hmm. right? But next time I won't do it this way or Make, next time I'll speak up and say, you know what, this isn't going to work for me. Maybe we can work as a team or I know whatever it is, but just understanding that it's a process. Right. Okay. That was um, quite a good episode. Like every other episode with you, honestly, it's just uh, <laughs> a good learn. Yeah. This is a good learning. I mean, I honestly feel like it's very applicable to a lot of people listening right now and just our world in general. But yeah, most, I, I feel like yeah. that too. I think that this is a this is why I wanted to. Um, I think the last time that we did it, I had said to you that I wanted yeah. to do something on this because I think that this is so common. Yeah. Um, especially in our culture, given our society yeah. and the social infrastructure, uh, I think people are killing themselves slowly. Yeah. As people pleasers, right? Or mm-hmm. losing so much of themselves. I guess maybe that's a better uh, phrase. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. I think this is a an important one, and um, well, you'll know after the editing if it's a good one or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I hope that this really reaches the people that need it. Actually, yeah, but... what I, I'm I'm sort of inspired to do a series of reels on this, so I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know do that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I okay. feel like also people who are people pleasers they kind of lose their self sense of identity and they recognize it, but they don't know what to do about it because. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because when so much of your identity is, uh, I'm just going to write this. When so much of your identity is um, hinges on what other people perceive or how other people think, you do end up losing yourself in the process, right? right. right. But um, yeah, all in all, honestly, a great learning. So thank you, Ami, for being with us and sharing your thoughts. Sure, no problem.